Hello, Apa friends. Welcome to Scattering Angels. It's the 11th day of questions, the year 175 of the body calendar, December 22nd, 2018. I'm going to read today from some answered questions by Abdu'l-Baha. I wanted to read, just out of pure curiosity, um, the section on Adam and Eve. It is on page 122 through 126 of my copy. The question, what is the truth of the story of Adam and his eating of the fruit of the tree? Answer, in the Bible, it is written that God put Adam in the garden of Eve to cultivate and take care of it and said to him, Eat of every tree of the garden except the tree of good and evil, for if you eat that, you will die. Then it is said that God caused Adam to sleep, and he took one of his ribs and created woman in order that she might be his companion. After that it is said the serpent induced the woman to eat of the tree, saying, God has forbidden you to eat of the tree in order that your eyes may not be opened and that you may not know good from evil. Then Eve ate from the tree and gave unto Adam, who also ate. Their eyes were opened, they found themselves naked, and they hid their bodies with leaves. In consequence of this act, they received the reproaches of God. God said to Adam, Hast thou eaten of the forbidden tree? Adam answered, Eve tempted me, and I did eat. God then reproved Eve. Eve said, The serpent tempted me, and I did eat. For this the serpent was cursed, and enmity was put between the serpent and Eve, and between their descendants. And God said, The man is become like unto us, knowing good and evil, and perhaps he will eat of the tree of life and live forever. So God guarded the tree of life. If we take this story in its apparent meaning, according to the interpretation of the masses, it is indeed extraordinary. The intelligence cannot accept it, affirm it, or imagine it. For such arrangements, such details, such speeches and reproaches are far from being those of an intelligent man, how much less of the divinity. That divinity who has organized this infinite universe in the most perfect form and its innumerable inhabitants with absolute system, strength, and perfection. We must reflect a little. If the literal meaning of this story were attributed to a wise man, certainly all would logically deny that this arrangement, this invention, could have emanated from an intelligent being. Therefore, this story of Adam and Eve who ate from the tree and their expulsion from paradise must be thought of simply as a symbol. It contains divine mysteries and universal meanings, and it is capable of marvelous explanations. Only those who are initiated into mysteries and those who are near the court of the all-powerful are aware of these secrets. Hence these verses of the Bible have numerous meanings. We will explain one of them and we will say, Adam signifies the heavenly spirit of Adam and Eve his human soul. For in some passages in the holy books where women are mentioned, they represent the soul of man. The tree of good and evil signifies the human world. For the spiritual and divine world is pure and goodly and absolutely luminous. 
but in the human world, light and darkness, good and evil, exist as opposite conditions. The meaning of the serpent is attached to the human world. This attachment of the spirit to the human world led the soul and spirit of Adam from the world of freedom to the world of bondage and caused him to turn from the kingdom of unity to the human world. When the soul and spirit of Adam entered the human world, he came out from the paradise of freedom and fell into the world of bondage. From the height of purity and absolute goodness, he entered into the world of good and evil. The tree of life is the highest degree of the world of existence, the position of the word of God, and the supreme manifestation. Therefore, that position has been preserved, and at the appearance of the most noble supreme manifestation, it became apparent and clear. For the position of Adam, with regard to the appearance and manifestation of divine perfections, was in the embryonic condition. The position of Christ was the condition of maturity and the age of reason, and the rising of the greatest luminary, Baha'u'llah, was the condition of the perfection of the essence and of the qualities. This is why in the supreme paradise, the tree of life is the expression for the center of absolute pure sanctity, that is to say, of the supreme, the divine manifestation. From the days of Adam until the days of Christ, they spoke little of eternal life and the heavenly universal perfections. This tree of life was the position of the reality of Christ. Through his manifestations it was planted and adorned with everlasting fruits. Now consider how far this meaning conforms to the reality. For the spirit and soul of Adam, when they were attached to the human world, passed from the world of freedom into the world of bondage, and his descendants continued in bondage. This attachment of the soul and spirit to the human world, which is sin, was inherited by the descendants of Adam, and is the serpent which is always in the midst of and at enmity with the spirits and the descendants of Adam. That enmity continues and endures. For attachment to the world has become the cause of the bondage of spirits, and this bondage is identical with sin, which has been transmitted from Adam to his posterity. It is because of this attachment that men have been deprived of essential spirituality and exalted position. When the sanctified breezes of Christ and the holy light of the divine luminary, Baha'u'llah, were spread abroad, the human realities, that is to say, those who turned towards the word of God and received the profusion of his bounty, were saved from his attachment, from this attachment and sin, obtained everlasting life, were delivered from the chains of bondage and attained to the world of liberty. They were freed from the vices of the human world and were blessed by the virtues of the kingdom. This is the meaning of the words of Christ, I gave my blood for the life of the world. That is to say, I have chosen all these troubles, these sufferings, calamities, and even the greatest martyrdom to attain this object, the remission of sins that is, the detachment of spirits from the human world and their attraction to the divine world, in order that souls may arise who will be the very essence of the guidance of mankind and the manifestations of the perfections of the supreme kingdom. 
observe that if, according to the suppositions of the people of the book, which are Jews and Christians, the meaning were taken in its exoteric sense, it would be absolute injustice and complete predestination. If Adam sinned by going near the forbidden tree, what was the sin of the glorious Abraham? And what was the error of Moses the interlocutor? What was the crime of Noah the prophet? What was the transgression of Joseph the truthful? What was the iniquity of the prophets of God? And what was the trespass of John the chaste? Would the justice of God have allowed these enlightened manifestations on account of the sin of Adam to find torment in hell until Christ came and by the sacrifice of himself saved them from excruciating tortures? Such an idea is beyond every law and rule and cannot be accepted by any intelligent person. No, it means what was already been said. Adam is the spirit of Adam and Eve is his soul. The tree is the human world, and the serpent is that attachment to this world, which constitutes sin, and which has infected the descendants of Adam. Christ, by his holy breezes, saved men from this attachment, and freed them from this sin. The sin in Adam is relative to his position, although from this attachment there proceeds there proceed results, nevertheless attachment to the earthly world, in relation to attachment to the spiritual world, is considered as a sin. The good deeds of the righteous and the sins of the near ones. This is established. So bodily power is not only defective in relation to spiritual power, it is weakness in comparison. In the same way, physical life in comparison with eternal life in the kingdom is considered as death. So Christ called the physical life death, and said, Let the dead bury their dead. Though those souls possessed physical life, yet in his eyes that life was death. This is one of the meanings of the biblical story of Adam. Reflect until you discover the others. Salutations be upon you. I'm going to continue our reading of the Hidden Words of Baha'u'llah. We've made it through to the 55th and 56th hidden word from the Arabic. O son of being, busy not thyself with this world, for with fire we test the gold, and with gold we test our servants. O son of man, thou dost wish for gold, and I desire thy freedom from it. Thou thinkest thyself rich in its possession and I recognize thy wealth in thy sanctity therefrom. By my life, this is my knowledge, and that is thy fancy. How can my way accord with thine? I'm going to close today with a prayer from Prayers and Meditations by Baha'u'llah. This prayer is found on page 240 to 242. I give praise to thee, O my God, that the fragrance of thy loving kindness hath enraptured me, and the gentle winds of thy mercy have inclined me in the direction of thy bountiful favors. Make me to quaff, O my Lord, from the fingers of thy bounteousness the living waters which have enabled every one that hath partaken of them to rid himself of all attachment to any one save thee, and to soar into the atmosphere of detachment from all thy creatures 
and to fix his gaze upon thy loving providence and thy manifold gifts. Make me ready in all circumstances, O my Lord, to serve thee and to set myself towards the adored sanctuary of thy revelation and of thy beauty. If it be thy pleasure, make me to grow as a tender herb in the meadows of thy grace, that the gentle winds of thy will may stir me up and bend me into the conformity with thy pleasure, in such wise that my movement and my stillness may be wholly directed by thee. Thou art he by whose name the hidden secret was divulged, and the well-guarded name was revealed, and the seals of the sealed-up goblet were opened, shedding thereby its fragrance over all creation, whether of the past or of the future. He who was a thirst, O my Lord, hath hasted to attain the living waters of thy grace, and the wretched creature hath yearned to immerse himself beneath the ocean of thy riches. I swear by thy glory, O Lord, the beloved of the world, and the desire of all them that have recognized thee. I am sore afflicted by the grief of my separation from thee, in the days when the day-star of thy presence has shed its radiance upon thy people. Write down then for me the recompense decreed for such as have gazed on thy face, and have by thy leave gained admittance into the court of thy throne, and have at thy bidding met thee face to face. I implore thee, O my Lord, by thy name the splendors of which have encompassed the earth and the heavens, to, to enable me so to surrender my will to what thou hast decreed in thy tablets, that I may cease to discover within me any desire except what thou didst desire through the power of thy sovereignty, and any will save what thou didst destined for me by thy will. Whither shall I turn, O my God, powerless as I am, to discover any other way except the way thou didst set before thy chosen ones? All the atoms of the earth proclaim thee to be God, and testify that there is none other God besides thee. Thou hast from eternity been powerful to do what thou hast willest, and to ordain what thou hast pleased. Do thou destined for me, O my God, what will set me at all times towards thee, and enable me to cleave continually to the court of thy grace, and to proclaim thy name, and to look for whatsoever may flow down from thy pen. I am poor and desolate, O my Lord, and thou art the all-possessing, the Most High. Have pity then upon me, through the wonders of thy mercy, and send down upon me every moment of my life the things wherewith thou hast recreated the hearts of all thy creatures who have recognized thy unity, and of all thy people who are wholly devoted to thee. Thou verily art the Almighty, the most exalted, the all-knowing, the all-wise. Thank you for joining me today for Scattering Angels. I hope you'll join me for the next episode, and that you have a joyous and beautiful and a light-filled day. Thank you.